I must remind all of you that next Sunday we will have a called business meeting where we will vote on the um, Petersburg Baptist Association's proposal to us. All right, so um, I would encourage you, uh, if you don't know about it, there's, there's a piece of paper on the back uh, table that tells, you, that tells you what their proposal generally was, realizing that's not, that's not the legal thing that we'll be voting on. And my, um, the lawyer is, our lawyer is drafting that, and we should have that this week um, as far as what, what, what the proposal is that we're actually voting on. Because we want to vote, we want to vote on the thing, on the, on the exact thing. And so um, he is drafting that. He is working with the PBA's lawyer and so on. So I, I just want to make sure you understood. The, and then we will vote um, for or against what they have proposed. And, you know, we've kept you in the loop on this whole thing. And we've, we want to keep you there. We want you to be a part of all of it as we move forward, as we move forward with this. Um, I want you to still be praying about it. I want you to still be praying that, that God will do a great thing in the midst of all of this. And so um, that's next week. That's next Sunday. Immediately following the worship service, we'll go straight to that, um, that called special business meeting to address, to address that. Because we, we, we have, boy, our time is short on it. Because once we decide what we're going to do, then we give it to them. And then they have many things that they have to do with it to get it to their body by the end of October. And so, just be praying. And um, if you have questions, this is something I, I don't think was communicated last week, but let me just address this. If you have questions about this, I'm going to be here. I will be here early Sunday morning. And when I say early Sunday morning, um, I usually get here around 8 or 8.30. But I'm going to be here, and the, the purpose of me being here early next Sunday morning is if you have questions that you would like to ask before we go to vote, then that's going to be your opportunity to come and talk to me. We'll, we'll, we'll try to address any question that you may have. If nobody has questions, I've, I've got plenty of things that I can be doing um, before um, things get started on Sunday morning, but if you want to come and you want to ask questions specifically about this PBA proposal, and um, that'll be your opportunity. So I just wanted to make that available to you as well. Turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. And let me start with this. Let me start with this. Let's start with the gospel, with the gospel um, stories, the gospel conversations. Uh, I will tell you that I um, had the privilege to be with uh, Sack and Sarah on Thursday as Sack was um, formally being promoted to first lieutenant there in the United States Army. And um, anyhow, um, you, you know, what, what, a, what a joy and a privilege that was. But I stood in the back. I stood in the back with a gentleman who goes to another Southern Baptist church in our area. And, and he, he looked at me and he said, how would you answer this question? How would you answer um, why a loving God would allow what's happening in North and South Carolina right now to happen? How would you answer that question? And so, and so you know, I, I talked to him about that question. Now, that was coming from a Christian. 
That was coming from a Christian. And, and, you know, we have to be willing to address these things as we address the gospel because that could have been, I could have been talking to an atheist. I, I could have been talking to anybody. I could have been talking to anybody of any faith about that question. And, and you know, the Bible tells us that there will always be floods and earthquakes and, and, and wars and rumors and wars and all of those different things. All natural disasters of, of every type and, and all of those things. And in, in, in the midst of that, but, but we have to understand we live in a fallen world. We live in a, in a world that, that um, is in a sin-cursed world. And, and all of those things. And, and you, you, heard our, you heard Josh pray for God to use this hurricane for his redemptive purpose. That, that people will be drawn to him because of what happens there in North, North and South Carolina and wherever this storm is going to go. Because it's, it's, you know, it's packing quite a punch, isn't it? And, um, but but God, in the, God in his sovereignty, God in his providence, God being God, he will be able to bring good from this devastating from this devastating storm. So how about anybody else? Anybody else have some kind of gospel conversation this week? Yes, Cheryl. Praise the Lord. And you know what's interesting about that is that in Mickey's life, a root canal gone south is the equivalent of her Florence. She, she is dealing with some pain and she's dealing with issues of infection and all of that. And, and, and you know what? And, and it has literally, it has literally hit her right in the mouth. And I mean, she is just, she's just in rough shape right now. And she, so we need to pray that, that God will bring healing in that situation. And praise God that even in the midst of, of, her, of her pain and her agony, you, you know, God was glorified. God was glorified. Anybody else? Anybody else have a gospel conversation with someone this week? One that, whether you knew about it or not. Whether you knew you were having a gospel conversation or not. You see... God's going to have his way. And you know what? He'll, he'll use you whether you want to be used or you don't want to be used. So, so and um, I'll just say that God is working in many different ways. I have conversations with many of you about many different things, about many different things. And all, all I can do is just stand amazed, stand amazed at what God is doing in our lives in the, and in the lives of um, of everyone. I praise God for that. Well, so we're, so we're in Acts chapter 12 where we're seeing the gospel go forth. We're seeing this, this man named, named Herod, Herod Agrippa. 
is, is the one we're talking about. He, you remember he, he's killed James by the sword, and the Jews liked it. And, you, you know, he's one of those, he's one of those, um, boy, bad way to use this, but he's being very politically correct in, and trying to please the people trying to please the people and gain more power and gain more status and, and, and all of these things. And then he, then he puts Peter in prison, puts Peter in prison and, and praise the Lord, and praise the Lord by the, um, in a miraculous way, in a miraculous way, Peter is released from prison. Released so much so that when, when, they go to, when, when Herod goes to find him, he can't be found. He can't be found. And what was the church doing? What was the church doing while Peter was in prison? They were praying. They were praying. The power, the power of prayer. The power of prayer. You, you, you know what? We can pray. We can pray for a journeyman in the Middle East. We can pray for loved ones in North Carolina. We can, we can pray for for Mickey and and what's going on with her right now we can pray and be a part be a part of what God is doing all around the world that's the that's the power of the power of prayer people coming together you know we just went through the 911 observance because we just passed by 911 okay and 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 you know um no matter no matter where you were, no matter where you were on 9-11-2001, you know, it, it impacted all of us, didn't it? It impacted every one of us. But you know what I saw that day? You know what I saw that day? And I've, I've never seen it since. That day is the only day I've ever seen it. I, we at, I was on staff at Kingsland Baptist Church at that time. And we, we decided to put a prayer, a prayer meeting, an impromptu, we, we just, it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday morning when that happened. We decided to call for a prayer meeting at Kingsland that night. Guess how many people showed up at that prayer meeting? 250 people came to that prayer meeting. I've never seen one like it since. Never seen one like it since. And so prayer, prayer is powerful no matter what we, what we do or what we think about it. We, we, we should pray. And, 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 and you know what? Well, you know what's funny? Is a lot of times we pray over things. We pray for things specifically. And then they, and then they happen and we wonder, how did that happen? We wonder, how did that, how did that happen? And, and because they were the same way. They were the same way when Peter got released. When Peter got released and showed up where they were praying, they couldn't even believe. They couldn't even believe it was him. They couldn't believe it had occurred. So, Peter's been released. Herod, Herod chose to strike the guards, to kill the, to kill the guards. It wasn't something that he, that he had to do. It's something he chose to do. That's the kind of, that's the kind of leader he was. That's the kind of, kind of man he was. Feeling that, you know, since Peter's been released and the people are outraged over this, People are outraged over the fact that Peter's released. The next best thing he could do to continue to please the people was what? Kill the guards. Kill the ones responsible for him getting away. 
So let's pick up at verse 20, and we're going to go through 13, verse 3. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus, the king's personal aide, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a god and not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. And they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was also called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. May God bless the reading of his word. So Herod, Herod Agrippa, the grandson of Herod the Great, He's an issue, he's got an issue with these two countries known as Tyre and Sidon. And what we, what we think we know about these places is these two countries were self-governing places. Self-governing places, but they received help and food and assistance from the region that Herod, that Herod oversaw for the region that Herod oversaw. And for whatever reason, we don't know, we don't know what's happened. It's, it's hard to figure out um, what's happened. This, these places are to the north, to the north and, and to the west, okay? You gotta, you gotta get yourself kind of positioned there. They're on the coast of the Mediterranean. And so there's an issue going on between them and between Herod. And, and so look at, what, look at what happens. But they came to him with one accord. The people, the people from Tyre and Sidon got together and brought an entourage to meet, to meet with either Herod or someone in Herod's entourage. Okay, so, so they come and they, they befriend they befriend his personal aide. They, they, now, they said Blastus was probably his treasurer. And, and you, would, you would have to trust, I guess you would have to trust your treasurer, wouldn't you, with, with, all, of your, um, with all of your riches and so, so forth. But Blastus, whatever his title was, was the personal aid, and he, he, they befriended him. They befriended him, and, and they, asked, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. Now, you remember what's been going on, what's been going on for all these years. What's been going on? There have been these famines. There have been these different famines that have, that have been going on. And, and we don't know how Tyre and Sidon was affected by these famines, but there's a good chance that they were affected by these famines. And, and maybe there was something that had been, that, that had been um, done by these countries that Herod could have put sanctions on Tyre and Sidon. We, we hear about that today, don't we? We hear about sanctions being put on various places because of their actions, because of various things. We, we really don't know exactly what the issue is. We just know that there's an issue. 
And Luke decides, and Luke decides to tell us about this issue. So, so these people come, these people come, they've, they've been talking with his personal aide, Blastus, okay, and now all of a sudden they're going to hear from Herod. Now, you've got to understand, you've got to understand what's happening here to, to really, because ultimately, who is Herod? Who is Herod Agrippa? He's king, okay? He's a representative of who? He's a representative of the emperor. He's a representative of the Roman government, okay? He's a representative of them, okay? And, and, and yet, Herod is also an enemy of the church, okay? We got, we got to call it what it is. We got to recognize it as what it is. Herod is an enemy of the church. He might be trying to become a friend of the Jew, but he is an enemy of the Christian church. And we see that in the, in the actions that he's taken. We see that with, with what he did with James. We see that with what he did with Peter. And so just keep that in mind as we walk through this. So on a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel. Now, you, you know what? You can go various places and you can learn about, the, you can learn about things concerning the apparel. They, they said this, this apparel was, was ordained with silver and with, 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 with it, it was just amazing. No telling, no telling how much the garment alone cost that he was adorned in. Okay? He was a king. He was a king, and, and he's, representing, he's representing the emperor. He's representing the emperor. Now, we've talked about how these emperors saw themselves, right? Do we remember how emperors saw themselves? They saw themselves as gods. Well, we see Herod in this, in this situation. It says, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne, and gave an oration to them. Can you picture it? Can you see it? Can you, can you see Herod coming in? Can you, can you see Herod sitting on his throne and giving the people and giving the people an oration, giving the people a speech? And the people we're talking about are the ones that had been gathered, and there were probably many others from, from all around, but we know that the people of Tyre and Sidon were, were part of this. And the people kept shouting. Picture this. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. The voice of a God and not of a man. You, you might ask yourself, what did Herod do? What did Herod do that would cause what's about to occur? Okay? And, and you remember when Peter walked into Cornelius' house? Do you remember when Peter walked into Cornelius' house? Do you remember what Cornelius did? Let's go back there. Chapter 10. Chapter 10, let's pick it up at verse 24. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But here's the difference. But Peter lifted him up saying, stand up, I myself also, I myself am also a man. In other words, P 
Peter could have taken that. He could have taken that as, yeah, that's me. Here I am. I've arrived. The way Cornelius was worshiping him. And, and what did Peter do? Peter immediately lifted him up and said, look, I'm, I'm just a man. I'm only a man. What did Herod not do? And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. Just like that. Just like that because he blasphemed against God. You know, we talk about the sin of blasphemy, but there's, there's so much in this. The sin of pride, the sin of idolatry, all of those things. Go with me to Proverbs 16 for a moment. Proverbs 16, verse 18. You've heard this verse over and over and over again. Proverbs 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We must be careful. As we, as we journey, we must be careful as we, as we walk. We must be careful as people look at us and say, and say Pastor, your prayers mean so much more. Pastor, Pastor, what your words mean so much more than my words could. You know, we've got to be careful of that kind of stuff. We've got to be careful not to be puffed up and prideful by those things and realize that, you know what, I am who I am, I am what I am, I am where I am, I am why I am, because of God. It's all because of God. It has nothing to do with me. And so, we have to be careful of that because I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. Pastors battle pride. Pastors battle ego. We, we, we have to fight against those things. And then, so, so here is Herod. Here is Herod. Now, we, we know Herod's a bad guy. We know Herod is doing everything he can to stop the church from going forward, to stop, to stop the gospel. That's what Herod's trying to do, okay? And, and we, we wonder how long will God allow this to go on before he does something? Have you ever asked that question? When you're in the midst of a, of a bad thing, when you're in the midst of whatever is happening, you, you, you might reach out and say, God, how long must this go on? But there's one thing about it. God is God. God is sovereign. God is able. And God hears our prayers. You know what my five-year-old grandson prayed this week? Now, you got to think about this, but my, and, and I'm not really, I, I, I think I can almost believe I know the context, but, but he prayed, God, take that storm far away from us. Now, to the people in North Carolina, they would say, God didn't hear your prayer. But if you, but if you watch what that storm did about Virginia and about Chester, whoop. So I, I'm just saying, you know, a five-year-old 
prayed for God to take that storm away. Because a five-year-old believed that if anybody could, God was the one that God was the one that could. Now, whether or not whether or not that prayer got answered in the way that he may have been asking, I, I don't really I don't really know. I just I just think it very interesting the way the storm kind of went around Virginia. Um, and, and I pray for those that are in the path of this thing, even as it curves on up and goes up and out again. But then immediately an angel of the Lord, you know, Scott named his sermon last week, Struck by an Angel. Well, I'm, I'm saying that this week is struck by an angel too. Not the, not the number two, but T-O-O. But T-O-O because you know what? An angel, an angel showed up and an angel struck Herod Agrippa. Struck him dead. And, you know, we might, uh, we might wonder, we might wonder, and, and, and there are, there are uh, most of the commentaries say that there was a period of time before he died, that there, that there may have been about four or five days before he died. And, and whether you take it literally that he was literally eaten by worms or that he had some type of digestive issue. And if you've had a digestive issue, you know how bad that can be. Okay, you know how, how bad something like that can be. It could have been appendicitis. It could have been appendicitis because in that day, appendicitis killed people. Okay, because they didn't have what they have today to detect it and get rid of it before it, before it causes all the damage that it can cause. But whatever, but whatever took place, whatever took place here, it was not pretty. It was not a pretty picture. Herod died. Herod died and he had blasphemed, sin of pride, sin of idolatry. He had persecuted the church, all of these different things, all of these different things. And now he's gone from being the king to being dead. Okay, God has had his way, and, and what does it say? But the word of God grew and multiplied. Let me, let, me, let me read you something out of Isaiah, Isaiah 42, 8. When we think about who God is, when we think about who God is, Isaiah 42, 8 says this, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images pretty clear, isn't it? It's pretty clear. Now, go over with me to James 4 for a second, just to make sure that we, we're still tracking together. James chapter 4, verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The word of God grew and multiplied. The gospel continues to go forth. These things are happening these things are happening, yet the gospel continues to go forth. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem. Now, you remember what, what their journey was. Barnabas and Saul had been in Antioch, Syria. Antioch, Syria. You remember they planted, that a church got planted there. They stayed there, and they discipled and all of those things. And then they learned about the famine. And so they took up an offering there in that new church, and they brought the offering back to Jerusalem. You remember that, right? And then now they're going, now 
they're back on another journey. They returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. That person is going to come up again, and you're going to just learn a lot of things about um, the people that are involved in this. But we'll... Um, it says, now in the church that was at Antioch, and it is the church at Antioch, Syria, so they've gone back to that church. They've gone back to that church. There were certain prophets and teachers. In other words, leadership had been assembled in that church. There, there, were, there were leaders, and it was a very diverse group of leaders. And, and, and you see the list, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, and this particular Herod was not Herod Agrippa, it was Herod Antipas. Um, very bad in his own way. But, and Barnabas is listed here because Barnabas happens to be, Barnabas happens to be um, the Christian with the greatest tenure. That make sense? He'd been the Christian the longest, okay? In, in, this, in, this, group of, in this group of people listed. And, and so here these, here, here these people are, prophets and teachers, here these leadership are, and the church is about to take a turn in a different direction. Remember, it's all about the gospel going forth, right? It's all about the gospel spreading throughout, throughout. And what, what did Acts 1-8 say? What did Acts 1-8 say? Happens to be on my life first, so. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, or to the ends of the earth. Okay, so, so if now you think about that part of the world. Think about that part of the world. You think about Jerusalem, where the church was birthed. Judea, that area right around. And then Samaria, which was a bit north of that. Okay, we, we, we've, taken, we've taken that and we've, met, we've given it our own kind of flavor Okay, I don't, I don't want us to change the context of Scripture. I don't want us to change what Scripture is saying. But we've said Jerusalem is right here where we live in Chesterfield County. And Judea is the state of Virginia. Samaria is the United States of America. And the uttermost parts of the world is the world. Okay, but, but in all reality, what is being spoken about in Acts 1-8 is Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth of the rest of the world. Okay, and you see how the gospel is making its journey, and it's about to make that journey to the uttermost parts of the earth. You understand, we live in the uttermost parts of the earth, right? In that context, in, that, in, in the way it was penned, we live in the uttermost parts of the earth. We're, we're the ones that are on the other side of the globe. And so here's what it says. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Minister to the Lord and fasted, and the Holy, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me. In other words, what they were doing is they were praying and fasting because they, they, they felt it so important. They felt it so important that they needed to not even deal with their hunger pains, to not even deal with whatever they were fasting from, whatever they were fasting from was not as important as what they were praying about right here, as what they were taking to God right here. And the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. And you know, we practice that, don't we? We practice that in this church. When we have people going away, whether they're moving away, whether they're going on mission, whatever it is, we lay hands and pray. 
Because, because see, this is, a, this is a paradigm shift for the church. This is, a, this is a huge move in a different direction for the church. This is, a, this is the church. This is the church deciding that the gospel now goes international. The gospel now goes international. The gospel now goes to all nations through, through them, through them. And, 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 and you know what you say, Saul and Barnabas. And, and I mean, they took John Mark with them, but Saul and Barnabas, who are they? They're, they're just two men. They're just two men, but they're two men empowered by the Spirit of God, empowered by the Spirit of God and a church and a church that's on board with it. You see, when we decided, when we decided to go international, when we decided to go international, God led us there. God led us to that place. I'm helping a church right now in Creedmoor, North Carolina. I don't even know where Creedmoor is. But I'm helping a church, Brassfield Baptist Church, Pastor Drew Grumbles. True Drew Grumbles is his name. That's his, that's his name. I'm helping them. He Come to find out he's a missionary's kid. Boy, I, I love talking to missionary's kids that um, have grown up now to become pastors and, and are, are about to take their church on mission. And he's looking in January to take their church for the very first time in this church's history on a, on a foreign mission project to Bangladesh. Okay? They're, they're about to do this. And, and he has all these different questions. And, and you know what's interesting? I've been able to answer all his questions so far. I've been able to answer his question. Based upon our journey, I've been able to answer his questions. As, as he gets ready to take his church for the very first time to Bangladesh to share the gospel there in that place. And, and, and you see, that was what was happening right here. They, they, the church made a decision. The church made a decision. See, we made a decision in this church to go international. Because, because if it was only me making the decision to go international and nobody else was going international, we, we'd have a problem, wouldn't we? We'd have a problem. There, there, would be, there, there wouldn't be the things. I wouldn't be able to answer the questions that he had because, because the questions that he's asking, he's asking of his church. He's asking church-related questions of, of how, to, how to take this step or how to take care of this, or what to do in this thing or that thing. And, and, and it's just neat having the conversation. It's, it's, it's neat being able to have conversations with churches all around the country, all around the country. I have, I have different churches that certain people in the IMB will hear their question, and the question will come to us. And the question will come to us because they, they know our story. They know our journey. And, and you know what? I didn't know who was going to go with us to Africa this time. I never know who's going to go to Africa with us, really. Although I did know one man. One man had come to me before I even really laid things out other than to say we were going back to Africa. And he said, uh, the next time you go, I'm going to be there. And he's going. And there's seven of us going. Seven of us going to Africa. There are seven going to Africa, and there are, um, let me see, um, there are one, two, three, four churches represented in the ones that are going to Africa, and there are 
three different, um, three different denominations represented in our team. And so, you, you know what? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for this team that we, we're now. And by the way, we, bought air, we got our tickets. We got our tickets. We've rented our vehicle. Pray over that vehicle because this time we're going to have seven people in a 10-passenger vehicle, and I've got to teach my team how to pack frugally. I've got to teach them how to pack frugally, and I've got to teach them how to pack in a soft bag versus a hard bag. Because we're going to have to, we're going to have to make room. We're going to have to make room because whatever room we use up with luggage will be less room for us. Okay, so we've got we've got a task ahead of us, do we not? We have a task ahead of us. All right. So, but but folks, I want you to understand that what we see happening in the church at Antioch, Syria, is what is what every church is what every church does when they decide to take the gospel to the nations. And that's what's happening right here. This is, the, this, is the, this is the pioneering. This is the pioneering of that. This is the beginning of that. This is a missionary journey that's about to begin. And Saul and Barnabas and John Mark are the ones that are named as the ones then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. They sent them away. And, and, and it's going to be, it's going to be, this is, he's not going to take one journey. Saul's going to take multiple journeys. Saul's going to get a new name. Not that he's going to get a new name. He's going to just take on a name. He's going to take on a name that he's had all along. He's going to go from being Saul to Paul shortly. But in the, in the midst of this, in the midst of this, the church, the church is sending, sending these folks out to the nations to hear the gospel, to hear the gospel. And I praise God. I praise God for churches who get that. I praise God for being a part of a church who gets that. You all could have, just like next week we're going to vote on something, yes or no, then the, the same thing could have happened with, the, with, our international, um, with our international discussion. You understand that, right? You could have looked at me and said no. And I would have had to figure that out. I would have had to figure out what that means. Because, see, my, my heart and my prayer for every church. See, I'm, I'm a, uh, they, they call me a catalyst. I don't even know what a catalyst is. But they call me a catalyst for sub-Saharan Africa. Okay, Jim Davis and I work to encourage and, and mobilize churches to work in sub-Saharan Africa. And, and thus far, there are 20-some churches that are working in some part of sub-Saharan Africa, the 43 countries that make up sub-Saharan Africa. And, and, and you know what? It's my heart. Praise God for those 20-some churches, and we're one of those 20-some churches working in sub-Saharan Africa. Praise God for them. But, but, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. There are scores and scores of churches that are going nowhere. That are going nowhere. And, and, my, and my prayer, and I don't care where they go. I don't care where they go. We, we sat down with a pastor and, and, a, and a lay person who used to be a missionary, and we were encouraging that pastor and that lay person to go with us to South Africa and be a part of our work with us. Guess what happened? 
Guess what happened? They went to a summit down in Montgomery, Alabama, and I went there too, but they went to a summit in Montgomery, Alabama, and in that summit, they heard about a people group named, named the Endow of Zimbabwe. Well, that missionary happened to be from East Africa. And when he heard about this people group in East Africa that needed the gospel, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he encouraged his pastor. And the next thing you know, guess what? They decided not to work with us. They decided to go be the missionaries to the Endow and work in Zimbabwe. Praise God. Praise God for what he is doing through churches who have an obedient heart and a desire to see the gospel go to the nations. To go to the nations. And for the gospel to make its journey from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. You see, Herod was a hiccup. Herod was a hiccup to the church. Now, to James and his family, more than a hiccup, right? Because they, they had to deal with the loss, the loss of a loved one. You know, up here on this, up here on this, and uh, uh, I've got an idea who put them here, but, but up here, somebody put um, something from the Voice of the Martyrs, where you can, where you can register and get, um, and get the magazine Voice of the Martyrs, and, and publications from, from them. There are people that are still losing their life for the gospel. There's people, there, there are people, and, and, and this journeyman that we're praying for, we need to pray for protection and for safety. They've, they've gotten into country now. They've gotten into country and, and, and pray, that, pray that the doors begin to open. So that the gospel can go forth in those difficult places. In those difficult places. I've known this person. I've known this person since they were that tall. And now God's, God's sent them to the other side of the world in this place. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. And Lord, um, Lord I, I just pray that, Lord, you will be lifted up and glorified. Lord, I just pray that you would um, just continue to do a work in and through each one of us, that you would continue to work through this church. Lord, may we not be stopped. May we not be fearful of. May we not let the things and the people that cease, that, that seek to hurt us or stop us, may we not let that have an effect on the gospel going forth. Lord, when it comes to these things that Herod dealt with, blasphemy and pride and idolatry, Lord, we, we have things in our own lives. And Lord, I pray that we would deal with those things. I pray that we would not let sin run amok in our lives, in our church, in our families. <clears throat> but Lord, that we would seek after you. And that, Lord, we would let you have your way. And Lord, thank you when a church decides to take the gospel internationally. Lord, thank you for this church and for what you have 
allowed us to be, to be a part of, whether it be in Africa or it be in Lithuania or it be in Guatemala or, or wherever it is that you send us, Lord, that you would continue to send us, that people would continue to rise up and say, I'll go. Here I am, Lord, send me. Lord, I even pray that there will one day be a missionary or two or three that are, that are raised up from this body that say, yes, Lord, I will go and spend two years or spend the rest of my life on the mission field. Lord, we just want to give you the praise, the honor, the glory for all that you're doing. Thank you for the book of Acts. Thank you for the message of the book of Acts. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us. All that you most precious and holy name. Amen.